Welcome to the Middle Market Growth Conversations podcast. I'm Carolyn Vallejo. At the close of the second quarter of 2023, the numbers from private equity-sponsored middle market transactions show that deal volume has cratered and debt pricing has risen even higher despite renewed hopes for a soft landing economically. We're diving deeper into Q2 in this second installment in an ongoing series where we review timely data with Bob Dunn, the Managing Director of GF Data, an ACG company. Bob, welcome back. Thanks for having me back, Carolyn. Your first quarter report offered some good news and some bad news, um, but the second quarter data seems to paint a much darker picture. Can you share the biggest takeaways from Q2? Yeah, it's really two factors that are at issue with the market right now. And I think first and foremost, it's deal volume. So in the first quarter, we recorded a little over 70 deals total. That's a little bit below normal and kind of the pace we've been after the prior four quarters. Uh, the second quarter, we recorded 57 transactions. So that's significantly down. And then the, the other aggravating factor on is a very, very pronounced discount on the companies that did sell. If you look at average uh, purchase price multiple, we were at 7.7 times EBITDA first quarter. And then um, this past quarter, we were down at 6.4 times. So a drop of nearly a full multiple on it, which you don't normally see across the board. Are there any particular sectors that are perhaps faring better or even faring worse than others? Yeah, there's a couple that stand out, actually. So um, on the positive side, we saw elevated uh, average purchase price for business services and then also for healthcare services, though healthcare is always traditionally quite buoyant. Flip side of that, for manufacturing, we saw nearly a full um, turn of EBITDA downwards uh, trend. And then for distribution, I believe we're about a half a, half a turn of EBITDA down. The takeaway on that, I think, is that folks are looking at businesses that are likely to do well in a recessionary environment. So, you know, um, servicing of elements of office buildings or residential, they're likely going to continue to work, continue to have those customers, regardless of what happens with the economy. But when you get into manufacturing distribution, it's still being affected by supply chains in both cases. There's a question of employment. Um, and then those, both of those sectors were very buoyant in uh, 2021 and 2022. So it's possible that a lot of those opportunities have already been picked over. Mm, okay. So how are, you know, high performing companies being affected by some of these trends? Yeah, that was another interesting finding in the report. So um, what we do is we break out our um, cohorts into two groups, looking at those that are above average financial performance, and then those that are more standard performance. The metric we use on that is a greater than 10% increase in trailing 12 month revenue and a greater than uh, 10% EBITDA margin. I know people have different opinions on whether that's really high performing, but that's the standard we use on it. Um, what you saw last year was a heightened incidence of high performing businesses. So at the end of the third quarter, about 73% of the companies that we tracked in the database were in this, again, above average um, area. And the premium on it had um, gotten quite low in terms of what you pay for an above average company versus a standard company. We saw a reversal of the incidence of this in the second quarter. So we only saw about 50% of companies that are above average back toward what you expect the norm to be. Um, and only an 8% difference in uh, average purchase price between above average and uh, below average. So I think that tells you it's a cautious environment. People aren't necessarily taking the results across the last year as gospel. I think um, you hear anecdotally that there's a longer period with assigning a letter of intent to a closed transaction. And there's a desire on the, the buyer's part to really say, hey, can we get another month or another quarter just to make sure that the the financials we're seeing actually reflect the current state of the business. So definitely a cautious environment. If you look in the uh, deal terms report, which we have coming out in a couple of weeks, it's definitely moving toward a more cautious environment. 
You see increased use of reps of warranty insurance, limitations on coverage, that sort of thing. I think that's the seller saying, hey, we're not going to take all this risk on here. We need we need some sort of coverage on it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and in that cautious environment, we are also seeing that add-on investments have become uh, quite popular, you know, especially as cost of credit um, rises and some other various factors, of course. So what percentage of Q2 deals were add-on investments? Yeah, so for Q2, we were up uh, almost 50% were add-ons. You compare that to the first quarter, we had about 23% that were add-ons. Now, a note on this, because we have a lower threshold of 10 million enterprise value, I'm sure there's some add-ons that are being done that aren't reported by our groups because it's below that threshold, but it's definitely a lot more add-on activity, and that follows with what you've heard talking to people in the marketplace. Um, The obvious reason for that is the debt markets, which are obviously quite challenging right now. It's a little bit easier to get add-on investments done. The lenders are generally a little more comfortable because they already have a relationship with the platform company, but really getting into new platforms, you're in a very tough uh, environment. Mm -hmm. And what about senior debt? How is senior debt pricing comparing to the first quarter? Yeah, so it's uh, up even off the first quarter, which is pretty high. It was 9.5% average interest rate for senior debt uh, versus 8.5% the first quarter. And that was elevated from any of the other tallies we'd seen during the year. Um, Senior debt's up to, I believe it's 2007 first quarter, the last time we saw senior debt pricing this high. And what you're seeing on that is a lot more entrance from the non-bank area to go in and provide financing. They're obviously charging higher interest rates, but in this sort of environment, it's a bit easier to stomach that because you want to get the deal done. And then we're seeing increased use of equity on acquisitions. So um, about a three percentage point increase in terms of average equity commitment uh, across all deal sizes that we track. Then also more reliance on seller financing and uh, seller rollover equity, particularly on larger transactions that are platforms. How has the debt coverage for platform deals been impacted by the current lending environment? Yeah, it's interesting, actually. So if you look at it across quarter to quarter, so first quarter to second quarter, it's pretty much at the same level. But then you compare that to year uh, year to date versus last year, we're about 0.3 times off from where we were in terms of coverage. And I think that's continuing to decline based on who I've spoken to. So I think, again, caution on the part of lenders. There's... Um, Obviously, a challenged environment. We had the second largest bank failure uh, in U.S. history in March, and I think people are still trying to get their head around, um, you know, how safe the environment is and, and what their exposure might be. Okay, so that was a bit of a dark report here, but is there anything positive that we can end on? Well, you know, they say it's always darkest before the dawn, and I feel like uh, we're in a pretty dark point right now. But um, I have the sense that it's going to be an improving market for the rest of the year. I'm not going to go out and say third quarter will be where the change happens, but I think by the fourth quarter, you're going to definitely see improved deal flow. Um, again, anecdotally talking to people, it seems like there are more opportunities that are out there now, maybe early in conversation. They could obviously be delayed still, but it does seem like we're going into a more positive environment and hopefully we'll, we'll cross our fingers. This was the bottom. Mm-hmm. A much needed optimistic note there, Bob. Thank you so much for joining us once again, and we look forward to connecting in Q3 and beyond. Excellent. My pleasure, Carolyn. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Middle Market Growth Conversations. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify to make sure you never miss an episode. And if you liked what you heard today, please give us a rating and write a review. It really does go a long way in helping other listeners find out about us. This podcast is produced by the Association for Corporate Growth, the largest membership association for middle market M&A and corporate growth professionals. 
We host networking events across the world. We publish magazines and special reports and much, much more. Learn more about the benefits of membership at acg.org and consider joining us as a member. Last thing, if there is a topic you want to hear us talk about on this podcast, a guest you think would be great, or even if you just have some general feedback you want to share, we would love to hear about it. Please send us a note to editor at acg.org. Thanks again for listening. Thanks for listening.